Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at CandiceSanderson.com. Welcome back. My name is Candace Sanderson, and today is the second of a series of videos on dreams and dreaming. At the end of the last video, I shared some suggestions on how you can improve your dream recall. At the end of this video, I'm going to share something new that's helped me with not only dream recall, but with lucid dreaming. And it has been so successful for me that I actually had three consecutive nights of lucid dreaming when I first started using this. So stay tuned for that reveal. Let's talk a little bit about lucid dreams. What are they? There are several different perspectives, but basically it's when you become lucid or awake during the dream. While you're dreaming, you realize you're dreaming. But what's so important is at that point, you can actually control your dream narrative. There are steps that will move you toward that awake state when you're dreaming. Did you ever watch the movie Inception? This is a very suspenseful, uh, complex sci-fi movie from, I think it was 2010. It starred Leonardo DiCaprio, and his character had this ability to enter people's dreams and then steal their secrets from their subconscious minds. I don't know about you, but that's not what my lucid dreams are like. Thank goodness. What is lucid dreaming? Why is it important? Is it important? Does it serve a purpose other than just its entertainment value? I've never taken classes or programs on lucid dreaming. So what I'm covering today is from my perspective. Lucid dreaming, when you realize you're dreaming as you're dreaming, can be a lot of fun, but it does have practical applications. Years ago, when I was a clinical psychologist working primarily with children, I would often have parents bring in their children because of recurring nightmares or night terrors. Night after night, neither the child nor the parents could sleep. And although I really didn't know anything about lucid dreaming back then, I empowered the children to do just that. I told them that they had control over their dreams and they could stop the bad dream from happening. They could change those scary scenes in their dreams in real time. Truth be told, I was swimming in the dark. I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing other than I was listening to my intuition. When the kids would come in, I would role play with the children. If they had a dream of scary monsters, I showed them how they had the ability to stop that, to pause it. They could freeze frame that scene of their nightmare. And from that vantage point, they could change whatever they wanted to change. They could use their thoughts 
to transform that scary monster into a tiny puppy that was adorable and sweet and playful. They could put on their superhero costumes and overcome whatever object that was scaring them, that was frightening them. I was giving them permission and the tools to change whatever scared them. It may have taken a few weeks, but most of the time, the children would return to see me with smiles on their faces, and they were so excited to tell me their success stories. What's important about this is they didn't stop to judge my instructions. They didn't think, I can't do that. They were eager to try, so they became empowered. What they were practicing, according to the messengers, was thought-generated action. Prior to going to sleep, especially if this was a recurring nightmare, the same scene over and over, I would have them go over that scenario in their mind. We would talk about what could they do if this happened again? What would they do when they were confronted with something scary in the dream? In other words, before they went to sleep at night, they set an intention based on the practice we had during therapy, and their intention had a lot of detail. They were ready for action. They knew exactly what they would do. We can learn from this. Maybe we don't have recurring nightmares, but maybe you're dealing with a hostile work environment or with a situation that just seems too overpowering or too monumental for you. You too can set up a scenario and intention before you go to bed on how to deal with that person or that situation. And what's so great about dreaming, we can let our imaginations go. They can just fly. We can put on our own superhero costumes. And just like the kids that I worked with, we can confront our fears. If we're having difficulty with a boss, we can turn that boss into a kindergarten student having a temper tantrum. In the waking state, confronting a five-year-old who's having a temper tantrum is quite different than witnessing that same behavior coming from a 50-year-old who's your boss. But changing that dream scene is a way of giving us a winning situation, a winning scenario. We no longer wake up in this cold sweat, but with a smile on our face. Becoming lucid in your dream is also a great way of using that as a platform or a jumping off place of having an out-of-body experience. It makes perfect sense because during our dreams, our judgments, our egos are pushed aside, and we allow our true essence whatever word you want to use for it, soul, spirit, it is able to travel freely. If you've wanted to astral travel or astral project, have an out-of-body experience, but you haven't been able to, try to initiate a lucid dream as a starting point. From there, use your intention, add wings, add a jetpack, whatever suits you. Maybe just go to the top of a mountain and fly off of it. Don't restrict yourself. Zoom out among the stars. See where this takes you. Or if you'd rather, you can just hang around your neighborhood, 
hop on top of your roof, scan the neighborhood, see what's going around. After a while of hanging around in the astral plane, you might realize you've lost out some great opportunities that await you beyond the astral. Go cosmic. It is so much fun. So other than using our dreams to help solve real life problems, what's another purpose for lucid dreaming? First of all, it's fun. It's entertaining. Here's something you can do. Engage a group activity with some friends. I've done this before with meditation, but it's applicable with dreaming. Set a target that everyone knows. A certain building, your childhood home, your high school cafeteria, the local park, or if you're with people where you don't really share a common location, pick a public place outside the White House, the Eiffel Tower, Grand Central Station, maybe the 50-yard line uh, in a well-known university on the football field, but any place that someone can visualize. Have some parameters, so set the intention to meet at a certain time. Time doesn't really matter, but using that intention for a specific time, it helps direct the energy. If you're in different time zones, make sure it's a time when most people are usually asleep, two in the morning, three in the morning. Also, add some detail in the instruction. We've done this before, and it's been so much fun. Tell everyone it's a costume party and decide before you go to bed what costume you want to wear. Make it detailed, ornate, unforgettable, bright colors. Write it down before you go to sleep because that helps seal the intention. Then show up in your dream in costume. I did this once during a meditation. And at the last second, I decided to change my costume. However, what's fascinating is several people saw me in that first costume that I picked. That intention went out there before I had a chance to change my mind. That's how powerful thoughts are. Have fun with this. And what I would suggest is use either Google Docs or some kind of document like that, or designate one person and you can rotate this. Have that one person be described. So the next morning, each person sends their feedback to that designated person and they compile it all. And you just tell them who or what you saw. Sometimes you only see the costumes, not the person wearing them. Over time, you'll begin to understand that what you thought was, quote, just a dream, was actually you in the dream as an observer and a participant. Let me share with you my first lucid dream. Several years after my mother passed away, she came to me in this dream. Now, let me share with you the scene. The scene was right outside of an elevator of a hospital. I was working and living and working in my hometown of Paducah, Kentucky. Paducah had two hospitals. One was Lourdes Hospital. And as a, I was working as a child psychologist, and my office was in a wing off of Lourdes Hospital. But my mother was a registered nurse, and she worked at Western Baptist Hospital. So the hospital connection is significant for both of us. It's a familiar scene. So I was on the elevator at my, my hospital, Lourdes Hospital, and I took it to the, the elevator to the top floor. First of all, look at the symbolism here, riding upwards. When I reached the top floor, 
the back wall of the elevator opened. It wasn't a door. It was actually the wall. So here's some symbolism. There's a wall that separates us between us and the other side. So it's the veil. It's whatever that's separating us. And when that wall opened, I stepped out. As I stepped off the elevator, I was in this very peaceful, dimly lit waiting room at Lourdes Hospital. And I saw my mother. She was just sitting there on this comfortable, well-padded bench, just waiting for me. I could not believe it was her. I ran up to her and hugged her. And it was absolutely so real that when I woke up the next morning, I knew I had been with her. But as I was hugging her, all of a sudden I stopped. And this is when I became lucid. And I said, but this isn't happening. This can't be happening. I'm dreaming. And she answered by looking me in the eyes. And she said, this is not a dream. Just ask my sister Eleanor. This dream was so real, and I wanted to believe it. I wanted to believe like I felt, which was I had truly been with my mother. But then, and this was years ago, before I became the reluctant messenger, doubt started creeping in. What if it wasn't real? What if I'd made this up? I did not trust what was occurring. Now, if it happened, I would have picked up the phone and called my sister first thing in the morning, and I would have discovered that she had had a similar dream, or she would have had some kind of an, an event that would have verified my findings. But back then, nope. I was, as a psychologist, ruled by my analytical mind. So I did nothing. 20 or more years would pass before I told Eleanor about the dream. And by that time, it was too late to verify. But this was my first awareness of having a lucid dream. And it was so significant that I still remember it today. Since then, my dreams are on this, especially the lucid ones, are on a continuum. Sometimes I simply wake up during the dream and I don't take charge. I'm just the observer. I'm just watching what happens. It's a matter of degrees, like how much I participate and how much I simply observe. But once I'm lucid, then I have found it easier to just sit back as the observer and simply maintain that state while I'm in the dream. I don't want to bolt up out of the dream and wake up. I want to just see what's going on. I want to see what happens. For the next episode, I'm going to pull in some information from the messengers and let them speak to the dreams. We'll find out what their thoughts are on dreaming. Let me get to what I had promised at the beginning of this, that trick of the trade that allowed me to have three consecutive nights of lucid dreams. Let me show you. This is the Expand app from Monroe Institute. You can get it at the App Store or on Google Play. It's very simple, easy to use. There's a great community feature where you can connect with other people on the app. There's a place where you can journal your experiences too. But let me tell you about one feature that I really like. There's a little clock. If you click on that timer, you end up having, let's see, 
several different signals. There's creativity and manifestation, focused attention, and I will use that if I'm writing and I really need to focus. One is meditation, which is great just for relaxing. Oh, and then the next one is called relaxation. And then there's one for sleep. You can, the timer, you can have it for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, or 60 minutes. There's actually three choices of backgrounds. One is soundscape, beautiful music that plays in the background of the signals. One is called nature, which is great. You can hear birds singing. But there's another one called none. That's the one I love. I like to just listen to the pure signals with nothing in the background. So you can decide what you want to use. What was most helpful for me is in this category called sleep and dreaming. I've been using Dream Sanctuary. That's a 24-minute selection. There's one called Lucid Dreaming, which is 90 minutes. Mental Cleanse, I love that. Mindful Rest. There's even a power nap. There's a restorative sleep. There's an 11-minute one called Fast Asleep. And when my grandkids are with me, I will play that and they fall asleep immediately. In that sleep and dreaming category, I would just use one each night. And it wasn't always the lucid dreaming. I found two things. First of all, my dream recall just was so expansive. I remembered so much more of my dreams than I usually do. My dream journal has almost 250,000 words. So if my dream recall gets better, that's really saying something. This also tells me that not only the dream recall, but the lucidity of my dreams became much more significant. To me, it's all those frequencies from Monroe Sound Science that were allowing different patterns to be experienced by me during my sleep. Now, I'm going to do a disclaimer here. These are my experiences and not something that Monroe Institute would suggest that would happen to everyone. But that being said, I have found such a remarkable difference that I just had to share this Expand app with you. I highly recommend it. There is a free section. Um, the, the ones that I really like with the, the dreaming and the sleeping with those signals that's not part of the free one, but I think, and, and I, when I bought my app, I did the entire annual subscription, but I think you can do it on a monthly basis. So try it for a month and see if it works out for you. I found it was wonderful. This is a good place to end. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to share, like, subscribe. And I love it when people comment and ask questions. So adding this to the suggestions that I gave during the last episode on dreaming can help lay the foundation for further explorations within our dreams. Get out there, make a game of it. Find others that are willing to play with you and discover this world of dreams. It awaits us every night when we close our eyes. Thank you very much. By the way, the second edition of The Reluctant Messenger is now published in ebook paperback and the hardcover just came out. I'm working on a series of short stories, many that are taken from my first book. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, remember to be kind and let your heart guide you. So until next time.
thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.